I don't enjoy the game as much as I used to. Hurling? Hurling, yeah. I don't it, enjoy it. it. It just seems to be a lot easier. And goals mean less than they did. And for me, if you scored a goal in the All-Ireland Final in the 80s and 90s, that was generally the winning of the game. Subscribe to the OTBGAA podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. OTB's The Hurling Pod. With Board Gosh Energy. Proud sponsors of the Senior Hurling Championship. Welcome, welcome, one and all. It is Wednesday morning, which means it is time for the bonus pod, which is the material that didn't quite make the main pod because we wanted to keep that a reasonable length. But in my opinion this week, the better material is actually in the bonus pod. Uh, Loads of revelations coming up over the next 40 minutes or so for you, including which one of the two lads has never watched Father Ted and which of the two used a brand new Hurley in an All-Ireland final. A total no-no, but he used a brand new stick in an All-Ireland final. Might not be one or the other, might be one who did both, but stay tuned to find out. It is the Wednesday bonus pod. Now for the favourite part of Scales Week, which is addressing the comments from the week before. Is this, or is this going to be a set fixture in the pod from that one? Is it? Yeah, that, that's hey. his way of telling you that we're going to be doing mean tweets every week to you. I feel, I feel like you're, uh, like you're, you're, you know, you, you get fun out of this. Like, I feel like the two of you are enjoying this just a little bit too much now for my liking. Okay, you, you have to understand it's, it's, it's tough for us, you know, creating all these fake profiles where we just abuse it. <laughs> like, Your Wi-Fi bill is gone through not, the roof. You're not giving death. us credit here at all. I have to create email addresses to verify them. You know, it's, it's just passwords. You know, pass- Passwords and to be fair, Will will tell you there now. We just we're happy enough to take any names like Will two four eight nine yeah. four two seven. Yeah, we'll just take that. It's fine. Yeah. And then Murph one two nine eight. Whatever it's been. <laughs> what was the name last week? Super Murph or Hot Shot Murph or something? Was it? I yeah. Oh. God, I can't remember yeah. exactly. Yeah. There's no way you can upset by yourself in I was watching Top Gun the other day and that's where it came from. I just picked a maverick name and just... <laughs> hot shot Murph or well, something. Well, you're, you're a goose anyway, so you are. Ah, no doubt. No doubt I'm goose. Well, you were like, I'm goose. I might die in the mission, but you weren't even brought on it. So that's, that's what you... <laughs> you're one of the boys who points which way the plane goes. No, let I build the plane, right? That's you. You, I, I write the book. I write the book. You just read it, okay? Again, there's no movies going to be made about you building a plane, all right? <laughs> anyway, uh, more more cultural again. references from Esmond One. Apparently, you guys are the Markham and Wise of hurling podcasting, uh, which is... You're going to explain Skell. Skell does know Markham Wise are. Do, do you? Who the... Is Markham and Wise on? I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> I knew we wouldn't. I knew we wouldn't. Go, go, Google them afterwards, Skell. Uh, they too realized they worked for Kidney County Council back in the day, or was <laughs> <laughs> Markham and Wise, is it? Yeah. I knew where to look at you. You were staring there now, going, what It was a vacant look, all right. A comedy duo. Actually... A comedy duo. That's so he's yes. a big lad and a small lad. Okay, Murphy, you're the small lad. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, John will actually tell you now, this reminds it. the vacant look there, I saw that vacant look once before, before we did the roadshow in, in Limerick last year. Vacant Remember, look. It was vacant. It was okay, call it confused, call it what you want. <laughs> we, we went into, we, Will doesn't notice actually, we went into the bar uh, in the hotel I remember there was a lad from Chicago sitting beside us and, and we were sitting there anyway and he, he just came in he was on a he's on a business trip or something mm-hmm. like that and he's Skell goes where are you from and he goes oh, I'm from Chicago and Skell goes oh Jesus great place for sport you have the Cubs you have the Bears you have all, and he's rattling it off man goes ah oh, yeah it's good it's good I'm not really into uh not really into field sports and things like that. And Skell goes, well, what are you into? Like being confused that someone isn't into sport, but what are you into? <laughs> and your man goes, I'm into robot wars. 
Yeah. And I, I, was, I was looking at him and I just went, and I looked at Skell, and that vacant look was just there. And he just looked yeah. at me. And he went, I looked over and he went, too, right? And, and he went, he, well, he, he just looked at me and went, What the fuck is that? <laughs> and, and I went, All right, Skell, come on, fish up your pint. We're going here now because he's going to pull this apart. This poor man likes doing robot wars. But Skell yeah. was like, You're in town with the Cubs, with the Bears, with all these. White Sox. And- yeah, Everton's. Yeah. <laughs> I was talking about the Stanley Cup, wasn't it? And, I, and he goes, yeah, yeah, you're probably right, but I'm I'm into robot wars. And then he looked yeah. at me as if to say, "Right, let's start a conversation on robot wars." Yeah. I looked at Mark and, and, and that's that's fuck? just to bring it back when you when, I, when you said Mark Moyes are well. I looked at him and said, "I've seen that look before," and that's where that look is. When he doesn't know what something is, he just goes, "What the fuck is that?" Yeah, but like so, Markham's death in 1984. Why? How do you know that, Murph? That's classic TV. Though. They're classic comedy. Yeah. I, I've actually a mission like, I, have, I have a mission to make and you, this the two is running crazy. it's like them they're from the same thing go on anyway I have never watched <laughs> television the BBC I've, ever I've never watched Father Ted what jeez yeah. I get out of here my friends hang on here now hang on my hang friends on. Right, a, shout, shout, out, shout out to Jamie and Joyce right <laughs> he just be doing these fucking quotes out of Father Ted and they just go straight over my head like I mean I've never watched it I could, I, I'll send you on a few for Damien Joyce I guarantee it now that I know I, I mean know everything. you guys can, can speak the same language so. he'll know everything I guarantee he, he catches me every time and then what happens in there's, there's a group of lads that start talking Father Ted quotes and I'm just yeah. sitting well, here the, the chair the one for Damien Joyce so you're like the fella that's in the closet at the disco you're the fella that goes you know just talking random statements so yeah and my favourite colour is orange or, no I think actually no it's green that's it now so you don't know talk to Damien Joyce about that one that's, that's your character in Father Ted I reckon you'd enjoy the Golden Cleric episode as well. Uh, again, Skell, I have no idea why you're not sitting down to watch this. Like when we finish this yeah, pod, yeah, yeah. just go and watch a few episodes. Watch the Golden Cleric. That's right up your street. Mm. Ted creates a list of like liars prick, and pricks, frauds, bastards. Oh no, wait, that fella should be under bastard. Like so, that's right up your street. Create lists. Like I, I've, I've that list already. <laughs> and the way you're going all the TV that's right <laughs> you'll be on that list really you're, quick. On, you're on the list uh, on the roadshow point before I get to the questions which is a very long gated way of getting to them I saw some people uh, tweeting me were like what the football pod have got another roadshow they're going to Clarny next month we do have a roadshow planned I just can't tell you about it just yet but I promise you our roadshow is going to be even better than the football pod one go to it by all means if you're around Kerry I'm sure it's going to be a great night but our, po- our live pod is going to be even better I'm not even calling it a roadshow I'm calling it a live pod which is what's going to happen a little later this summer. Right. Great stuff, lads. This comes in from... This is not Esmond. This comes in from Connor Phelan. Uh, really enjoy the show. So make sure your comment gets read out. I think it should be said that Galway and Clare are obviously preparing for the championship. It'll be interesting to see how much ground they can make up. I don't think Cork would be a factor this year. Waterford will not qualify. So, all right, let, let's leave Cork and Motorford off to one side. We talked a lot about them the last couple of weeks. Go back and listen to episode seven and eight if you want to hear about Cork and Motorford. Galway and Clare, though, Murph... Are they coming in under the radar into championship here? Yeah, I think Galway are happy where they are in terms of not being spoken about at the moment. Like they wouldn't be ha- overly happy with their performance at times during the league, but that was with players to come back. And I think they're happy enough. Maybe people aren't talking about them. Like I don't think Galway go and win the league um, and hurling up as far as yesterday would have done them as much value as it would have just getting the time to prepare and going to championship. I think they'll be happy enough to be honest. They've an abundance of players. Um, I just think the 
only concern Galway will have is just to say, look, that form has been a little bit inconsistent at times during the league and we don't want to carry that over the championship. But I think they have the time. And Leinster, look, like if anything, Leinster does give you that bit of time where you will have the few matches whereby, you know, you can feel your way into the game. Um, and that's not to insult any of the opposition you might have in Leinster. But there is possibilities there. And whereas it's a bit more of a daunting task if you're a Munster and maybe you were doubting your form. But I think Galway will be happy with where they are coming in. Um with just a few improvements to make. Clare, look, Clare were in this position last year as well. You know, Clare were completely under the radar. We had them written off. I think we did our, our you know, our rankings for, for Munster. I mean, yeah. we all had them down we at the bottom. Yep. Yeah, so I don't think Clare would be as at, at all concerned about their about their league. Um, like, they had good performance against Galway down Nennis. Um, and again, they were bringing players back. Like, Tony Kelly came back late into the fold. And you know they were bringing back a few players there as well. So I think Clare, like Clare, are well capable of going and performing as well as they did last year. But the only problem is, is that the surprise element is gone. Not to say that like that was part of why they got as far as they did, but certainly allowed them to, to get a kickstart into the into the round robin phase. Is that maybe people didn't have their eye on Clare, where you know you'll you'll rue your 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 round robin phase if you take your eye off Clare. So. Yeah, Clare potentially will be happy enough. But at the same time, the only question you have with Clare is just, again, that maybe the bit of depth of panel, like Tony Kelly, again, I doubt, never doubt Tony Kelly, but again, scoring from play in the few matches in the league where he, where he didn't score from play, again, I'm sure of no doubts, he'll just explode into games. And more than Scale was saying about Groot Hegarty, he'll just turn up and he'll perform. Um, so I think, look, they'll be quietly happy enough. Like, I know some Clare fans will probably say that they're a bit disappointed that maybe there hasn't been as much talk about them. I'd be happy enough if I was Clare, to be honest, because, like, you don't, you'd rather just teams weren't talking about you, and you'd rather if people were focusing on your parks, uh, on your limericks as they're invariably going to, or even on your Tipperaries as well. So, like, I think Claire would be happy enough. So, both of those teams, I think, would just go, Yeah, look, we're focused on ourselves here. We have the players. There's not much change to last year. Let's, you know, build on what we did last year and try and kick on a small bit. Yeah, sticking with the core with the Clare theme, I should say, Stockroom Tim. Uh, read this as a comment as well as a question. Surprise balls like Clare aren't getting a mention when discussing which team is best place to take on Limerick. Clare burned out last year after putting in a big effort from the league. They treated the league like a warm up last year. I think it'll be a different story come championship in Lowen's fourth year. He has strengthened well. And then a question came in to me on a DM, which I will allow you to take Skell, uh, which came in from Dermot Williams. Question for the pod. Shane O'Donnell hasn't played any hurling since his club were beaten in the county final back in October. Is it too much to expect him to now make an impact without any games over the last five months? Have the lads experienced any long layoffs like that and been able to get back up to speed? Can you get away with that level of inactivity, Skell? Yeah, we'll see. Morph will have a different comment to me now because I obviously came from a position of the goals mm. um, where the, the long layoffs I would have had would have been injury based, you know. And so, come back from an injury, you do need time to kind of reacclimatize the pace, the pace of the ball, you know, your skill set, get back up to normal, get confidence back in your injury. Um, so, and you can only get so much in training, to be honest. You can only get like get to a certain point. Um, I, I always felt, anyway, as a goalie, I could only get a certain level of sharpness. I needed games, I needed match pace games to get myself back up to match pace sharpness if you want to call it that um, I, and I think it's like for Shane Shane's a special player but hasn't like hasn't played for a player you know since the uh, Kilkenny game last year where he was actually very very good amongst players who didn't show up well too well but I don't know I just think it's very hard to go they're playing Tipperary first isn't it they're playing Tip first player is it am I wrong I think so I can double check that for you. I think so yeah so, so straight away when they're playing Tip to me that's going to be high octane energy physical game you know, so 
maybe that I won't say he won't be fully sharp, but at least he'll be, he'll be up to a certain percentage. But I don't think he'll he'll be as sharp as he was, you know, at the last stage of last year. Well remembered. Tipperary at Ennis is the first game, which is on Sunday week, twenty third of yeah. April. Uh, you've Waterford against Limerick that first weekend as well, which should be a, another good game. It's Cork who've got the the week off on the first week. Murph, where do you stand on lads coming back in after a long break like he's had? Yeah, it's not tough. Like, or sorry, it's not. It is tough. It's not easy. Um, even though you'd like to think it is, uh, my my two experiences were uh, coming back from overseas twice with the army. Like, where you just you weren't hurling. Um, now it wasn't through any injury or anything, obviously, but you were physically, you were training, you know, as best you could. You were looking after yourself, knowing you were coming back and that you were going to be behind in terms of hurling wise on lads. And just when he came back, it's just that thing you can't replicate match fitness. You just can't do it. You know, uh, you could do all the runs you want and you, you can absolutely get fit and you create a baseline. But there's nothing that makes up for the twisting and turning of a match in terms of not just your physical capacity, but your touch, your mental ability to read the game as it's going. You just find yourself maybe scrapping a small bit and you're a little bit, you're, you're a little bit scrappier than the other players around you who have had three or four months. Like Skell was saying there, like Shane O'Donnell is an exceptional player. Um, and again, the fact that he doesn't necessarily play by the rule book in that, you know, he goes where he can sense a bit of danger, get a ball, and is a little bit more unorthodox. I know I've said it a few times with Shane O'Donnell, but he kind of is. I think that'll give him a small bit extra second on the ball where a lot of his marking will find it that bit tough. You know, even if his touch isn't immaculate. He has an ability to create a bit of space for himself. So, look, I, I think it'd be unreasonable to ex- expect him coming back, going straight into a starting lineup and picking up where he left off last year. It, it's very hard to do that at this level. But the likes of Shane O'Donnell potentially is capable of doing it. But I, I still think to see that what we saw to Shane O'Donnell from last year, you know, he'd at least need to play two games. You even look at Aaron Galan there. Like, really, the weekend was where we could see the real flair of Aaron Galan yeah. getting back in terms of from play. Yeah, keen and he's just. Pasture. Do you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You just need games and it's it's just, you can't replicate. You just absolutely yeah. can't. It's just, I don't know, it's hard to explain. It's the speed of mind, the speed of shot. It's very hard to, to say why but you need... It's everything games. really, isn't it? It's, it's everything. just like, like, like Keen Lynch is probably, as, as it goes, probably one of the, the most skillful player in the game at the moment and we saw him last year. Not granted there were cameos, not cameos, but there were 10 minutes here, 15, but he couldn't grasp. He didn't look as influential as he can, you know, whereas a great point, Murphy O'Glam, wasn't as sharp as he can and he'll only get better now so it's very hard it's very hard to expect it off Shane first of all like the great players can, can't just turn up and, and flick a button and get up to championship pace it's not that simple yeah um, Yerish Stop I think we talked about Hampass a little bit earlier Yerish Stop it's a great name um, it's a great name and you can, yeah. you, you can phonetically feel it even when you're reading the comments from YouTube last week he's Kerry will it go with Kerry for that Yerish Stop That's possibly um, yeah. says uh, by the way I apologise to I think it was uh, Colin McCarthy the week before who I incorrectly named as a Limerick fan and apparently his uh, family that side the border he's a Clare fan but living in Limerick and uh, that's where I made the mistake and apparently he was getting quite a bit of slagging from people who heard the pod so uh, I'm happy to correct that he's a Clare fan uh, regarding the hand passing discussion I agree banning it completely is an overreaction but watching teams consistently working it out from defence with four or five hand pass in a row uh, to eventually create a scoring chance further up the field is not entertaining in my opinion it's not in the spirit of the 
the game and hurling is in danger of becoming a bit boring like Gaelic football while striking the sitter is just as rare as the footballer kicking the ball now uh, what's the solution perhaps you receive a hand pass then you can't give one or you ban the Willow Donoghue style over the head hand pass which is the arc pass that Skell was talking about last week uh, the pass must always be below shoulder height or maybe just two hand pass in a row will be allowed this will give players a chance to get clean out of corners and rooks it seems to me that traditionalists are reluctant to change or even discuss possible change for the improvement of the spectacle so Murph would you what would you think just to take take that point uh, that maybe you wouldn't be allowed to do two hand pass in a row or if you receive the ball from a hand pass you can't hand pass it to someone else Let, let's put that one up for debate if you receive a ball from a hand pass you can't uh, you have to pass. exactly yeah okay yeah not, like not a bad call again um I always look at this from the point of view as you're adding another job to the referee. I don't see that one being too technical though for him to no. for, him, for a referee to implement because it's similar enough to just, you know, as a player caught the ball three times and if things falls into that category. Uh, it's a tough one. It'd be tough one mentally as well for players, to be honest, because the speed that the game is going at, trying to remember, was the last ball a hand pass to me or was it a stick pass? I, like, you know, it, it can it, it might be tough. But there there is a good few suggestions there that you could do. I mean, you could be talking... Again, look, a point I made last week was just that the hand pass allow rooks to not develop over, like a bit too much. I do think that maybe the overhead one potentially could go because that's it's a little bit of a of a rake and kind of a shovely kind of a pass, the one over the head. And we're kind of calling it the Willow Dunhu one. Hmm. But I don't see too much uproar if they got rid of that because that's kind of, again, we're getting into borderline throwing there. It's very hard to do that skill without maybe bringing a little bit of throwing into it but there's a good few suggestions there like I mean you could even why not experiment with different things in terms of you're not allowed hand pass within a certain area on the pitch like inside your own 45 or whatever like that could make it very dangerous for teams that they're only allowed use your hurl again I will say though that if you were doing something like that there's potential for a lot of rooks to develop as well because a player will get blocked down much quicker trying to get the ball up trying to get that ball out of danger by striking with your hurl it's going to be very tough so you're going to see a lot of rooks and we could be sitting in this position then going so many rooks in the game no flow to the game it's really boring so you always have to ask yourself well, what's the knock-on effect of this not only like you might in one area tweak it but you might actually make, create a problem in another area so it's a tough one um Potentially, potentially the best one there, if we're to quote any of those suggestions, would be you're not allowed to do two hand passes in a row, for example. Another one that I think actually could be brought in would be, like in football, you're not allowed to pass back to the keeper after they poke it out or after yeah. you kick it out. Like we're seeing a little bit of that creep in as well, where you know you go back to the keeper after full back line. You know, there's there's a simple one there that okay, it's not prevalent at the moment in hurling, but there's something straight away that maybe you could t- to make teams go forward with the ball as opposed to going backwards. What do you think, Skell? Um, see, people people focus on the hand pass and they try <clears throat> create a to kind of divert a, a rule centered around it. I would like to see a different type of rule brought in that would maybe indirectly affect it. So, like, do you remember the Levens Murphy with a shot clock? Like yeah. that, that that might potentially speed up the pace of game because there's a shot clock in play. I I, I like that. I also yeah. maybe I don't know. This is maybe a bit radical. Can shoot behind your own sixty-five. I don't know. <laughs> you know, something like that. Maybe you have to get it up, work it up fast into position, couple of the shot clock. You know, something has to, something does. I agree, something has to be has to change. The severity of change, though. I think we just need to manage that. Don't go too crazy. Banning the hand pass. That's just too. Again, mm. that's just that's too nuclear. Come back a bit and like like Murph saying, the two hand passes in a row. I think it's a bit like catching the ball three times. I think that would be like a muscle memory for a referee. Yeah. Once he sees one hand pass, he'll know. There's a second hand pass, like the two hops in football. So I don't have a problem with that. And that, that potentially could 
you know, see the introduction of what the, um, what was it called, the brick flick? Brick yeah. Walsh, remember he used to flick with the hurl, that could happen then. <laughs> you and, and, and patterns of play could be the exact same, you know. So I don't think it's an easy fix. I, and I do think it should be trialed. Of course it should be trialed because that's the way the game is at. And there's no, you know, there's no rhyme or, there's no reason to say that it won't change over the next couple of years because the team who's doing it the best is winning the Ireland, you know. And the team that's, 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 uh, that needs to be stopped utilise that game plan. You know, be the best. And so that's why I'm saying it's it's not it's not a simple one as yeah. Let the debate continue. That can happen in the YouTube or you can send us comments on it. Uh, Galway twenty fifteen was back and scalloped some up by saying Johnny Glynn is a year younger than Connor Cooney. Uh, I did notice a bit of uh, grey in the hair with Johnny Glynn at the weekend, but uh, he's still younger than Connor Cooney. So that kind of carrying, he's carrying New York, sure. But sure Scale didn't even have Connor Cooney in the team, so I mean mm-hmm. like I stand by I that. Should... I stand by that. I'm not saying anything, but like, I mean, can't well, the way, the way, the way, I'm not saying anything, you just said it. <laughs> <laughs> the way, and the I, way you said it. My point being that he was defending you by saying that Johnny Glynn is a year younger than Cooney, but sure Cooney isn't even in your team, so he can't, like, he's in my defense. team. Yeah. He's yeah. in my team. Fair enough. You know. uh, so. Paul Clark from the week before, lads, fantastic podcast. I love that Murph has given into Skell's bad influence and started swearing and abusing Skell. Uh, only took us about two uh, two seasons and nine episodes for attack. Yeah, stop there, stop there. This is not my bad influence. This is the natural Paul Murphy beginning to come out. Yeah, the natural. This is him. This is him now. This, this is the actual way he is now. The non uh, polished Murph is what we're getting now. At the, moment. Uh, the, the question was after ten. Yeah, which you can take first, Murphy. If you don't, don't feed him after ten, or it gets troublesome. Uh, can I ask if you think Dan Morrissey is underrated? He's very consistent wherever he plays. Yet he's always the last name out of anyone's mouth when talking about Limerick. Yeah, uh, probably fair to say it. Yeah, like I mean, when we spoke of uh, the the fifteen players last week, it was last week I can't even remember now, but and what of the Limerick players would get into the. Uh, that team like yeah. Tom Morrissey was one that popped into my head because I just think Tom Morrissey is underrated um, in terms of the work he does I think Dan Morrissey is very similar in that way mm-hmm. like Dan, Dan Morrissey does so much right like he just gets the ball uses it really well resets and like it's such a kind of an underestimated thing just somebody doing something really well with the ball okay he mightn't be your Barry Nash going running up the pitch and scoring 1-1 but you can rely on him. So reliable there. Um, yeah, he, he is underestimated. Yeah, how often do we sit here in conversations and say Dan Morrissey was unbelievable? Like, I mean, we, we definitely don't sit here and say Dan Morrissey was poor. Um, I don't think we've ever said that. Um, but I suppose saying that he's unbelievable because he just does the small things really well. Um, his touch is excellent. He's a big man. He's a very big man. I played the, the Hurling for Cancer uh match last year up in Newbridge and by God he took his top off in the dressing room he's a big man <laughs> he is enormous so and like that's like, that, like it's it's even not something we necessarily talk about with him either like you know as in it's not a, he, he's a one dimensional player who just uses his size well great hurler great touch well able to move around the pitch um, and I just think very similar to his brother Tom in that they just do so much really well without any frills but they do a lot of dirty work as well in terms of breaking up, winning the ball back for the team. Um, so yeah, absolutely, I agree. Yeah, I think he's probably underestimated and undermentioned in terms of the greater scheme of, of Limerick. Sports opinions. Uh, two questions for the hurling pod. What's the actual rule for the goal scoring opportunity penalty? So I looked this one up just to have it in correct wording from the rule book. So a team will be awarded a penalty if one of their players has a goal scoring opportunity and is pulled down, tripped or struck carelessly with a hurley while he's inside the opposition 20 metre line or the semicircular arc. The player who commits that foul will be yellow carded and sin bin for a period of 10 minutes. So there you go. You have to be fouled in those manners inside the 
opposition 20 metre line or the semicircular arc or I'm sure there's going to be some Clare fans who are going to say to me if you're near the Ennis Road in Limerick when that foul took place a couple of years ago in Championship but that is the actual wording of the ruling so, just to be clear is the semicircular arc will, so it's within that confines if you draw a line from 21 to inline is it? Yeah, then you draw. I think you draw the line out from there. So that's kind of where the from where that foul happened in the Clare game. And the argument was that he was a long way from goal. It was mm. the referee's interpretation based on on the diagonal, effectively, and also that it was a clear goal scoring opportunity. I'm never a fan of this rule, Skell, for the purely the reason that there's a certain amount of interpretation around mm-hmm. where the foul happens and whether it can be deemed to be you know a scoring opportunity, and the fact that like technically you could be fouled out in the corner where someone drags you down and next thing it's determined to be a penalty and you go on the sin bin. Yeah, see, if, if, you've, if you have a rule that uh, introduces interpretation, there's always going to be an issue with it, regardless. Always going to be an issue with it. Uh, like, I suppose, hand pass is a clear rule, isn't it? <laughs> there's no interpretation to it, to a certain degree. But this one, jeez, oh, I don't know, because what's a clear what's a clear goal-scoring chance? You know, uh, is it, does that mean you're, there's no defenders back there? Is like soccer, the last man back? Is is that, you know, does that mean... See, you could argue in hurling as well, Skell, that there could be a person back and still getting a direct shot and goal that with the velocity that you can put on a slitter, that it could actually be a clearer goal-scoring chance than, like in soccer, where you need to be in one-on-one in the keepers. Yeah. Like opportunity, yeah. If you're, if you're talking about a chance and opportunity, you have exactly that. It's just, you're leaving it to chance. I, I don't know, like where I'd stand probably there would be instances that would develop um, whereby there is a clear opportunity whereby the people are one on one or whatever and grand I have no issue with that kind of decision but if there's bodies in the box or a team is funneling back with a scrambled defence and they potentially can get people back to to uh, stop a shot coming that's a different story for me like if you have a situation where you've got a couple of guys between the forward and the keeper and next thing you get dragged round is that going to be the penalty you know if you've got defenders in play that's where the interpretation comes in and that's where you're going to have problems possible issue and I'd say we will have an issue in this year's championship whereby we'll have an instance and we'll be discussing it on this pod I, I have no doubt I look forward to it already Murph you can have the second half I know what it'll be I know what it'll be sorry Will it'll be below oh. Northern Park now wait and see one party one through right and there'll be four hour defenders penalty wait so, and see so, so what you're saying is premeditated is that what you're saying wait and see yeah they're all against just, just called it out now yeah, the no, returning yeah. Johnny Glynn has been tripped by Mikey Butler and a penalty has to be given um, <laughs> here's one for you Murph how do you tell either Dan Morrissey Richie English or Mike Casey that they won't start after the way they played in the league after the way Limerick played in the league final so who did he pick? Dan Morrissey, Richie English, and who? Mike, Mike Casey. Casey. That's, I presume that's the tough thing that John Kiley has to do at some point. He can't play all these guys. Yeah, sure he can't. Um, but I think it's something they've all realised by now. I don't think they were waking up this morning going, oh Jesus, I might be playing the next game. Like, in fairness, Richie English out of those three has been the player that hasn't played as much as the other two. Mike Casey's meaning he was full back in the All-Ireland final last year. Dan Morrissey's wing back. Um, you know, uh, I say maybe Mike Casey and Dan Morrissey would find it strange if they weren't. Um, I just think, just going by previous attempts, or, or not, sorry, previous uh, teams, um, Richie English is probably the less likely to start. Um, but I'm sure, like, I mean, he didn't do he didn't do very much wrong when he came on yesterday. Like, uh, exactly as the question says, you know, as in he didn't do anything wrong to not play the next day. But... Yeah, look, it's just the predicament John Kiley has. Um, I think it's un- an understanding though those players have. You often, I mean, you heard Dara Donovan talking yesterday after the um, after the game. He was just saying like, I mean, we had 37 players train and choose nine. First time we've had that in two years, I think he said. Um, and he emphasised that, look, everyone's fighting for position, which I know is sometimes a cliche in sport where people say that. But I think, you know, 
this Limerick team is grounded in that they do have an understanding in that and that if Dan Morrissey or Mike Casey find themselves sitting on the bench um, you know when Limerick are getting into championship I think they just get the bit between their teeth and go back at it I think John Kiley I mean he's had to make a lot of tough decisions before this tougher decisions really even at that so I think this is just part of it. I don't think he looks at this and go, God, what am I going to do here? Lads are going to lose confidence. They're not. They know that they're part of an exemplary backline that they could be playing anywhere uh, on any given day and that they have to take their opportunity when they get it, which is an ideal situation with John Kiley having these defenders looking over their shoulder, wondering, am I going to be starting? It's an ideal situation for him. So I don't think he'll be looking at it as negative or, or a predicament. It'll just be a case of going whoever between now and when we start a championship and well into the championship keeps putting their hand up for performing and training that's who's going to play and I think we made that point at the start of the pod about Seamus Flanagan and these lads that he's just going to pick the players that are showing up best and if you're sitting on the bench look you just have to accept it that you have to make your make your uh, or state your case the next day for a jersey yeah the Instagram ones that came into off the ball are, are quick fire so we'll fire through these but the <laughs> only one that stood out Skell was Mife who is usually in contact he's a Dublin fan he sends me the message into my DMs which starts with Skell has rattled me and this is too long for the box oh shit yeah <laughs> and then actually it's not as bad I, I kind of went whoa, whoa 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 when he says the box is, is too small for this where are we going and Skell has rattled me the question was Skell said he gives Dublin very little chance, quote, on the bonus pod of making the top three in Leinster. Can you ask him to elaborate on why he thinks Dublin have very little chance of qualifying? Uh, they have 16 new players from Leicester's panel. They've got a mass turnaround. They have a new management team. They've brought the games to Crow Park, which I can't understand. Mm. Their home games. That, for me, as a going man, I'm delighted, you know, to get, to get them out of Parnell Park and into, into, into Crow Park. So when you stack up that kind of those... You know, I won't call them issues, instances like situation. I just, I can't see them getting ahead of Gorwick Kinney, to be honest. Uh, and then Wexford, I just feel like Wexford will probably get their act together um, and probably have a more settled panel over the last number of years. It's not, it's not a question of quality, lads. It's just, see, a lot of inter-county hurling is, is, would you believe, is time together. You know, so like if you get a panel who's, who's on the road for two or three years and have time together, they, they call, it, call it gel, but they, like, they seem to, I don't know, they understand each other play to a higher level whatever it is when you introduce new players uh, young graduates you could say out of minor under 20 level etc um, it's hard there's an, inter- there's an integration period there's time it takes to get to get this show on the road and I just think Do- Dublin is that's where they're at at the moment they're, they just need a bit of time it's like why I spoke about Brian Lohan and Clare going back a couple of years ago the, 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 the quality was there you know what I mean and the management team would say is good so you just piece them together give them a bit of time and, and it'll, it'll click but I just can't see for Dublin at the minute and I, look, we could turn around the way Harlan is nowadays we could turn around and they could easily qualify, but I just I can't see at the moment. Sorry to rattle you, but no, 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 no. I hope um, I give a, 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 a good explanation there. <laughs> yeah, there's so many Johnny Glenn based ones that have come in. Um, How many? Um, give me a number. Uh, I'm, like, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say fifty. Uh, no, there's more like Handy. Ma- maybe uh, eight or it's eight or nine here anyway. Um, oh, okay, that's a lot less than I thought. Yeah, uh, Tom, Tom O'L ninety one scale has lost it with the Johnny Glenn call. Where is uh, he from? I don't know scale. I don't Why know was that got to or anything? He just said you lost you it. Lost if he says he's from Donegal that just doesn't make you can't, you can't make that statement I, I need a bit of backup <laughs> where's he from is your first question yeah exactly <laughs> that that worries me you're like I'll, I'll call into him oh, no no because yeah. no, he could be from Flipping Watford and looking for one of the minutes you wouldn't know what it is. Well, 
Mr. Nile Leonard says Johnny Glynn for the New York footballers can he still do a job for Galway Hurling yeah why not is the response to that one I think um, where are the others here hold on ah look let's, let's, just, let's just park Johnny Glynn for the moment maybe we'll come back to him after he kicks winning points against Sligo in a few weeks time uh, Evan O'Hearn asks Smurf will any team get within 10 points to Limerick this year well, any team yeah uh, yeah jeez I doubted myself even when I said that no they will yeah yeah um, like it's a long it's an arduous um, you know campaign I think coming towards the end of Munster and we see teams have kind of sharpened their swords like it's going to be interesting to see the likes of Tipperary and, and them how they get on and like even what's important here as well is the fixtures like Tip going to Ennis for example um, in the running to a Munster final, for example. There's a serious test there for teams that by the time they come around to Limerick, and it's, let's say, we're already saying Limerick are going to be in the Munster final, <laughs> uh, and they get there. Like, we saw we saw a clear digest uh, last year. Like, we didn't expect that. If you sit in this place this time last year, we did not expect Clare were going to go and draw with Limerick in the Munster final. That just wasn't on the com- in the conversation at all. So the idea that does any team come within 10 points? Yeah, they will. Um, and we're not giving up hope that someone might come along and actually overturn them at some stage. Uh, it's just hard to see where it's coming from at the moment. But I don't think it's as bad as that no team this year will get within 10 points of them. Now, come July in our last pod, I might rule that statement. But... I do, I do still hold out hope that teams will like even if Galway have a goal it might have good faith that Galway you know by the time that they build up a bit of confidence have their strongest 15 out in the team or out in the field so what Galway did in, in the All-Ireland semi-final last year like you know again if they got a few more things right that day there was problems on the cards for Limerick so it's not all doom and gloom as people might think but it's just going to take a very lofty challenge but to say that no team can get within 10 points I'm not at, at that stage yet what do you reckon, Scott? I, I agree. No, I, I, I agree. More from fairness, like t- ten points in a championship game, continuously, to, like that's a tricky proposition for anybody. And I, that won't happen. First of all, Limerick are not going to beat every team by ten points or more. You know, there will be stages where they, they'll get out of jail and they will by a point or two. They'll win. There will be a game or two they win by ten points. They will, you know. Um, but it's not. It's not going to be a continuous, you know, situation whereby they're just hammering teams left, right, and centre. Like they've got. They have got Waterford up first and Thurlis, then six days later they go to Innes. Or they go there, sorry, Clare come to Innes for, for, for the second round. Like, so six days, you know, all these things come into play. You know, weather comes into play. You, you name it. You're trying to clutch the straws when you're talking about Limerick. But I think if you introduce Crow Park and bring in a Kikini, a Galway, you know, bring in a Tipperary, these, these teams, like 10 points, is a, it's, a, it's a mammoth test to go beat a team of a, of a serious level from the last eight onwards by 10 points. So I, I don't think it's going to be a regular occurrence. It will happen. Now and then, but I don't think it's going to be regular. Yeah, especially if they were to do it like over six championship games, it'd be some going through the group mm. stage and then oh, through man, the two yeah. games as well. Yeah. yeah. Home and away, you know. Yeah. Away. I, I look, I'm going to keep all the power ranking questions for next week because that's going to be a big preview of the whole thing. So we have had a good few there. You know, rank your teams in Munster and Leinster, rank your final eight for the country was one that was asked here. Let's do that next week. Um, the two questions to finish on Connor F. Thompson. Especially with sidelines becoming sexy, I think this is why it caught my eye in the comments. <laughs> Who is the top one maker? Hurl in uh, brackets. Hurl, not Hurley. So don't shoot me. I'm reading this comment directly right now. So for you guys, for you, Mark, first. Who's the best Hurley maker right now, or Hurl maker? Uh, well, I get mine 
Tom Murphy down in Glenmore, Owen Murphy's relatives. That's who I get mine from, are between Star Hurley as well. Like it just kind of go back and forth. I mean, everybody knows Star Hurley's at this stage, like they're excellent as well. Yeah. So yeah, I just go back and forth between them. Um again, like, you know, when I was younger, I would have went to <laughs> like far from places to go and get hurls as well. And my mother would have driven me when I was 15 or 16 to go and get a cool new hurl from a hurl maker halfway down through Tipperary somewhere in the Oak at Break you know, the following week and you get home and you realise why did we drive for two hours to get a hurl? So like yeah. <laughs> part of it is just your location and your convenience as well to getting it. But um, yeah, like I, I get Tom Murphy hurls and uh, star hurls as well. I go between both of them like really. And you're so, an ash man rather than bamboo so you're sticking with ash. Uh, I I am at the moment. I'm trying my best to stick, <laughs> to stick with ash. Uh, again, like you just, you know, I like to feel the hurls. Uh, I'm not, I'm not against going to bamboo or even having a bamboo on and having a. And I, why are you shaking your head for it? Because you say you, you have just go with it, Murph. Just say ash. You didn't have to go and save yourself and protect yourself with the bamboo. No, I've got to go with ash. Just I go with ash and stick with I, it. I, Will you fuck? You get your speak now, right? You get your speak. I don't draw them out. It's so easy to draw them out. You think about it. <laughs> what I was going to say is that because, like, let's say you go through a period, you break like, three hurls, and you could be waiting a few weeks, let's say, for a hurl. Like, you, you could, you mightn't break a hurl for four weeks, and you find over 10 days, then you could break three of them. Uh, it could be raining really hard and it suddenly gets very dry and the hurls crack. And I was I was even contemplating myself just having, let's say, the ash and the bamboo on the go because at least you know that if you go through 10 days there of playing league matches or something and you break a few hurls, you're not going to be looking over your shoulder wondering, do I have to pull one cobwebs on it out of the corner, you know? But uh, I haven't tried the bamboo yet, to be honest. Actually, I haven't, haven't, haven't even swung one, so I don't know what it's like yet. Yeah, this came from an Instagram comment. I'm not trying to get the boys free hurls here. Skell, what are you swinging at the moment? I'm Ash, um, and I, I, I've, I've, I've held the bamboo, let's say, and the cool text, and I can't control the cool text, first of all. You know, when I, when I strike it, I have no real control of where it goes. You know, so that's, just, that's, that's my skill set. That's not the hurdle, it's my skill set. So I got rid of that one pretty quick. I actually picked up one more freaking she in a final final the first time ever. It's just, it's just oh, cool tech. It's a level of madness. Why did you pick it up? Right? An final. An right? So it was in the bag for ages, like, right? Um, I think a guy from Offaly was making them if I'm wrong is that Coach Coach Offaly yeah so he yeah, sent me yeah. a long one I'll actually tell yeah I'll, sorry go on one. I'll tell you one after it yeah it's the 12 hour in the final and I'm looking in the bag and I said you know what fuck it I'll give this a go <laughs> this is like new boots you don't do it in the final I just did it and do what it went a mile I said, went a mile yeah. down, right? there's a sweet spot on the cool text yeah I caught it and Niall Burke caught it and we got free I said Chase do I'll do that again and yeah. then did it again and then do it again and then I fucking skewed way off the left this way and then Courtney Hems said stop that don't go with that hurl <laughs> but I'm, I'm an Ashman I have a local I'm open to here. correction sorry go on go on yeah I'm an Ashman I have a local fella here he's just a neighbour that makes the hurls um, I like them handmade to be honest, I like a bit of TLC in the hurls. And if they if they do break, you fix them very fast. But I just can't get the feel of the bamboo yet. It's just not in me. And I think Ash will see me out. I'm fairly sure the cool tech, uh, now again, we're, we're leaving this open to be corrected, but do you know there's obviously a template for the, for the cool tech hurls. Mm. The lad from Offaly, we played Offaly in Tullamore in 2008 and under 21. And Richie Hogan broke a hurl. And he threw the hurl to the sideline. Your man got the bottom half of the hurl, the cool tech fellow was there took that and that's the template of the hurl that's used now so whatever hurl Richie was using that day that's the shape that the cool techs are now now I'm fairly sure I'm, as I said I'm leaving myself wide open for nice correction one. there that's incredible. incredible but that's just I, tell you, I got a wrap of a cool tech across the shin one day off Ryan O'Dwyer yeah the dubs a lot of dumb lads like you like using the cool yeah, techs one thing, I, I, I felt it <laughs> I couldn't lie I felt it more than the ash <laughs> <laughs> fucking didn't break 
there you go I think Ryan O'Dwyer definitely had a cool tech at one point and like nearly all of the Offaly lads as is typical uh, picked them up around about that time I think it's a bit like Torpy mm. with Claire at the moment where loads of them yeah. just kind of locally they find their way in where loads of them seem to have the bamboo sticks in recent years as well so uh, the last question then lads who's your favourite referee Scale, you can go first it's, well I should say probably this to be the best referee or favourite referee you have right now ever or just now uh, I'd say just now because if you're going just to ever go now, get just go now, yeah, now. Yeah. okay ever yeah, Barry Kelly least on the side now I won't say I, I, sorry, just, I'll leave myself out I won't say go I think Liam Gordon's the next referee but I think the best referee is probably Fergal Horgan for me okay Murph uh, I like John Keenan I think he's very oh, good I think he did we, we praised well, him he didn't get a game after we praised him last year well, this is the thing. Like, I thought the best match last year was Claire and Limerick, and he didn't get a game after it. I was surprised, which, look, call a spade a spade. We were speculating, did he get punished for maybe letting the game free flow? I think it was a very tough game to referee. I just think he, I think he does a good game. But, like, I mean, Horgan does good games as well. But I still, I still after that game felt sorry for him that, look, again, I don't know what happened there, but I thought he did an excellent job that, that day was, in that terms was of... Minus, was it? Was no, a, no, 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 Munster it final. Was, was Colin yeah. Lyons in this? No, oh, uh, not sure. Can't, can't check remember that. now. But Keenan was definitely the Munster final. That was the yeah. the one was a little bit looser, probably in some of the games of refereed last year. That was year. the best game of the championship. Wasn't tough, it? it was a I tough one. Though. Like I mean, it was absolutely milling rain, and like both teams went at it. Like it was just such a tough one to referee. Like there has to be an 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 element of the human error in if if there is if there was any error. Like I didn't come away from going, geez, he had a bad game. Like he got one look at everything. And for a week, for maybe for 10 days afterwards, lads were still pulling the bones out of that one, going this and that. And he had one look at it, spilling rain, and there was 10 things going on. Yeah. I just thought he was excellent. And again, you have to look at it like that. Referees also contribute to the spectacle of a game. So yeah. I think John Keane, in fairness, has, has, uh, I can't remember him having bad games. No, I think that's very fair. Um, on a final note... Who's mine? I, I like Keenan as well. I really do. And I thought he was very, very hearty. Um, maybe treated as unfair, but like there was definitely plenty of speculation, lads, going around that it was brought up at the next referee's meeting that the game had been ref too loosely and then he doesn't get another game. I actually thought he did a fantastic job in the Munster final. I expect he was going to get an All-Ireland semi-final or possibly even the All-Ireland final afterwards. So, yeah. Mm. Um, was, there, was there ever a reason given why he was stood down? No, but that was always the speculation. Apparently, there was a lot of discussion the week after when they met up at Abbottstown about the way that that game was refereed. And then, of course, he wasn't assigned for another game after that. Um, I can't say Barry Kelly is best of because he was my English teacher in school. So, huh. couldn't be handing out compliments there. Interesting. And Brian, Gavin, work, Barry Kelly, Barry Kelly Brian Gavin works me from time to time, so I can't say Brian Gavin, even though speak, I thought... Brian had a similar style of refereeing to uh, to Keenan possibly at the moment. Oh no! I, in fairness, I thought Barry was a very good uh, referee, and he's involved now with his uh, he's chairman of the underage board in Westmead right now as so. well. So that's what Barry's up to. So that's our lot on this week's bonus pod, available here exclusively on the Hurling Pod feed, which is the best place to subscribe if you want to pick up the Hurling Pod, both the main pod and the bonus pods that we're going to have midweek invariably with championship coming around and probably a lot of the main pods being diverted towards analysis of what's happened the weekend just gone by or in the case of this coming week a preview of the championship 
the questions and the fun bits and the little tidbits that you find out about Murphy and Scowl are likely to find their way into a bonus pod in the middle of the week. So if you're a subscriber in the Hurling Pod feed, that is the best place to pick it up each week. Uh, next week, our plan is a bumper preview of the start of the Leinster and Munster Hurling Championships. Uh, so that's going to be coming your way around about 6pm next Monday. As we'll be recording a little bit earlier than this week, you might get a few stories of scale successes in Aintree, depending on how things go at the weekend. And also, we intend to have the YouTube up by 10pm on Monday, so a little bit earlier than this week. Uh, thanks to all of you who've been leaving likes and comments on the YouTube. Again, that helps hugely with the YouTube algorithm and helps to get the video out to more eyes than it would have previously. And in the case of those of you who've been leaving ratings, wherever you get your podcasts on Apple or Stitcher or Spotify, wherever it is, uh, those ratings help us out an awful lot as well. So we'll speak to you next Monday. Main pod out, 6pm next week. Big preview of the upcoming championships. OTB's The Hurling Pod. With Board Gosh Energy. Proud sponsors of the Senior Hurling Championship.